I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 251. and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizet, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week on the podcast, we talked about the symbols of Christmas, and while we spoke about the star and candles, we didn't specifically talk about lights, and I am inspired by Matt Redman's song, These Christmas Lights, to expand on that discussion. So before we dive into scripture, let's listen to The Bridge. mentioned before how it's a struggle for me to linger and reflect. Well, the Lord is really showing me the folly of my ways by allowing me to be a little overwhelmed in my workload lately so that I've had to lean into him just to make it through it all. And I'm not sure if any of you can relate, but I find myself constantly moving on to the next thing without even the benefit of lingering, of stopping, of thinking about the good things that have happened. You know, maybe the thing that I'm missing is celebrating the good things of God, his good, his provision, maybe a move of his hand or even a new understanding because I'm moving on to the next thing so much that I'm not stopping to um, tarry in the moment to really celebrate what God is doing. And it made me think of my nephew who as a child was always so excited about the next thing that he barely enjoyed what was in front of him. And he's an adult now, but I still tease him about that one weekend when he stayed at our apartment when we were first married. We had several things planned that he was really excited about. You know, we were playing tennis and just as we were really getting warmed up, he was ready to go swimming. And while we were swimming, he couldn't wait to go to the movies. We were at a really good movie that he was enjoying. But right before the climactic end, he leans over and asks, Aunt Michelle, should we slip out now so we can beat the traffic? <laughs> and well, we live in Lafayette, Louisiana, mind you, in the late 90s when there was no traffic. <laughs> okay, so when we got home, he couldn't wait to make cookies. And before they were done being cooked, he couldn't wait to go play a video game on the computer. And even though I tease him about jumping from one thing to the next that weekend, he will forever tease me about burning those said cookies. <laughs> it was so bad. We had to even we had to go outside. There's smoke everywhere. <laughs> But honestly, that is the sort of ping pong life I'm living right now, only the adult version. I have several major projects going on right now at work, and before I can finish a meeting about one, I'm getting urgent emails and texts about the next one. 
Now, the real tragedy here, and the reason I bring all this story up is that that is sometimes what we do when we approach God's word um, that way. It's a tragedy when we approach God's word that way. So while studying a book of the Bible, we get distracted by a shiny new devotional. We hop into that. And instead of lingering in the word, we jump to the nearest commentary or online article. And while I'm leaning into Father God at work to best juggle it all, in my Bible time, he is calling me back to an idea that he introduced to my heart way back in episode 244 when I used the song, So Will I, to head over to Psalm 148. Then he called me to linger in that chapter again in episode 248, this time approaching it through the lens of a heart of gratitude. I hope you guys have caught those episodes because I can't escape the ideas that I've been pondering from there. In a nutshell, all of creation is called to praise him in Psalm 148, specifically the sun, moon, and shining stars. And in episode 248, we conclude that for the sun, moon, and shining stars to praise God, all they have to do is do what they're created to do, shine and reflect. We discovered that we too offer sincere praise to God when we do what we're created to do. I'm sorry, that was episode 244. So in episode 248, we use the bite or the Bible interaction tool exercise of defining words. And when I looked up splendorous, which comes from verse 13, where it says his splendor is above the earth and heavens, we learned that splendorous is a word, although my daughter Meredith is very skeptical that it's a word. She said it doesn't sound right, Uh, but it is a word and it means brilliant or gorgeous, grand or magnificent. And not only that, but his splendor far exceeds anything the earth and heavens offer. So all of this leads me to take in the details of the Christmas story with a deeper understanding of the magnitude of the event. So hopefully you've been reading the text over the past two weeks since we've been using Christmas songs to get us lingering in the gospel texts of Christ's birth. So I'm heading over to Luke chapter uh, 2 verse 1. Where it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, our song says, All the lights are shining brightly at the glory of the king. And that is somewhat reflected here in the text when it says the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds. So 
I couldn't help but remember in Psalm 148 when it says, Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Because that's exactly what's happening here. The angels are doing what they were created to do. We just read it in Luke. It said, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, remember in Psalm 148, if you studied along with me that week in verse four and five, it says, let them praise the name of the Lord for at his command, they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. You see, God had a plan. He issued a decree. He established his creation and their role in history, and he continues to establish it into the future. Praise Praise and words. Did you notice where it said that the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying? Not praising God saying or praising God by saying. They were praising God by doing what they were created to do. And in this case, it also included words. (laughs) And it's not surprising that the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds because do you remember what John says? John in John chapter 1 verse 9, it says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So when I see Christmas lights, I can use them as a symbol to remind me of the glory of the Lord shining around the shepherds the night of our Savior's birth. I can use them as a symbol to remind me that Jesus himself is the true light that gives light to everyone. In fact, there is a wonderful prophecy in Isaiah that echoes this sentiment. And I got there by using the bite of following cross references. Now, bites, Bible interaction tool exercises are just simple exercises that I use in my daily, weekly study um, to keep my time in God's word varied and I hopefully they will help you too. So in my reading of Matthew chapter four, and and then how did I get to Matthew chapter four? Well, I used the bite of read and keep on reading. You know, I started reading the Christmas story in uh, Matthew, uh, the first beginning chapters of Matthew, and then I just kind of kept reading. And not only did I get to Matthew chapter four, but also to Matthew, Matthew chapter five, which we'll discuss in a minute. And because I had been lingering in Psalm 148, And then again in John chapter 1 and Luke 2, of course, and had been meditating and pondering on Christ being the light. There are two references to light that jumped out at me as I read and kept on reading in the book of Matthew. In fact, in Matthew chapter 3, we see John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus through his preaching and calling people to repentance. And then Jesus's official earthly ministry began after his baptism by John. And then he had he immediately was tempted um, uh, in Matthew chapter four, which actually coincided with the end of John's earthly ministry because he is then arrested and eventually killed. 
It is here where we pick up the text in Matthew chapter 4, because in verse 12 it says, Now when he heard that John had been arrested, this he being Jesus, he withdrew into Galilee. And after, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death on them a light has dawned. And then from, it says in verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now this text makes it obvious that there is an Old Testament reference that we should track down. All right. So, and by using your cross references in the margin of your Bible, it should take you to Isaiah chapter nine. Some of you may have Bibles that don't have cross references. So one of my favorite online tools to try to figure out cross references is biblehub.com. And, you know, one of the best ways to even know if there is another place in the Bible is when the Bible tells you there's another place in the Bible. You know, so here it says, um, uh, this is what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled in verse in verse 14. So you're like, oh, the prophet Isaiah spoke of something that was fulfilled here by Jesus moving to Capernaum. And so I head over, I find it in the cross reference and I head over to Isaiah 9. The very first word I see in Isaiah 9 is nevertheless. And so I actually went and read Isaiah 8 and 9. <laughs> but I don't want us to get distracted here. I do want to grab that last verse in Isaiah chapter 8, because I think it will, um, or the last couple of verses, I think it will help us as we understand this light that has come into the darkness and really what leads to the darkness. So verse 20 of Isaiah 8 says, look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. That's like a whole new hangry moment there, right? And it says they will look up to heaven. Of course, I don't know that he's talking about physical hunger. I think he's talking about a spiritual hunger here. Not to make light of scripture there, but my hangry comment. But they will look up to heaven and down at the earth. But wherever they look, they there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown out into the darkness. Now we get to Isaiah 9, 1. Nevertheless, at that, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I, I want to pause here for just a quick commentary. I really want you to, to get into the scripture. That's my goal. I believe that this that the spirit will meet you there in his word. But I really don't want us to miss this because it says, look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you. You will not be able to identify those who completely contradict God's word unless you're in the word yourself. You cannot defend something you do not understand yourself. So follow the uh, the entreaty here to look to God's instructions and teachings. Do that. And then you won't be one of these people who are completely in the dark. However, I also, um, this will 
answer kind of a deeper theological question, which is all of us are in the dark. Um, but it's okay because nevertheless, <laughs> that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Isaiah 1, 1, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. So you see, Jesus is the great light, even for those who aren't looking for him. And so I think that's a very powerful thing to to consider. When we keep reading in Isaiah chapter 9, you will see the familiar uh, Christmas verses, right? In verse 6, it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. I love that. The passionate commitment of the Lords of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And that really harkens back to the decree and the establishment that we talk about in Psalm 148. So Jesus is the great light. And when I keep reading in Matthew, I see that I am called to be a light as well. In fact, Jesus himself teaches us this in Matthew chapter 5 when he tells us, his disciples, in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So we are to let our light shine, the light of our good deeds, and not for our glory, but for his glory alone. And those good deeds that Ephesians chapter 2 actually says that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And that sounds like a decree to me, does it not? (laughs) Something the creator established, the way we praise God by doing what we were created to do, those uh, good deeds that he prepared in advance for us to do. And so I love that, just praise God, just like the angels, and sometimes use words. <laughs> so when you see the Christmas lights this season, let it draw you into scripture to linger there a while in Luke chapter 2, or Psalm 148, or John 1, or Ephesians 2, or maybe even let it bring you into Matthew chapter 4 and 5. I know I, I was supposed to linger in just those few places, and then I kind of got drawn in a little bit into Matthew 4 and 5, and then over to Isaiah 8 and 9, but still very consistent with this idea of, of meditating on Jesus as the light, because the light of the world is splendorous. He's brilliant, gorgeous, grand, and magnificent. Don't be quick to look away. Glorify God in heaven. It's what you were meant to do. So what's next? Well, this week I explored the topic of light as it relates to Christ's birth, but allowed God what's been te- uh, what God has been teaching me to guide my path in scripture and to take into consider truths that he has been revealing to me. And as I mentioned in Psalm 148 and other places, I encourage you to do the same. This might lead you to a different place because he's been asking you to ponder and meditate and linger on something different. But read scripture, take time to meditate on it and consider what God may be revealing to you before quickly moving on to something else. And yes, I explored new areas in Matthew and Isaiah too. You know, sometimes I just can't help myself. So 
While you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook at michellekneezat. I'm mean, sorry, Twitter or Instagram. My, my public page on Facebook is Michelle L. Nizat. And we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Pila from the Philippines, Kim from Virginia, B from Washington, Ava from Louisiana, Joy from Texas, and Kathy from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. So uh, you will also, when you subscribe, benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, uh, tablet, desktop. You can even print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We are also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow us on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Jesus is Alive by Josh Wilson to jump into scripture. This was a... Uh, a request by one of my listeners, Sunny. I love using Christmas songs at this time of year to inspire us to dive into scripture, and I hope you enjoy it too. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 251. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.